What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Halftime Snacks podcast. This show features short interviews that you can listen during the halftime of your favorite sports events. Every Tuesday, I host fun conversations with talented people in the sports industry, where we'll learn from their stories, knowledge, and experiences. So go grab your favorite snack and come snack with us. Are you ready? Let's go. Joining us today is a Boston native, competitive sailor who holds a master's in creative writing. He worked in finance and risk management for over 20 years, and he's an expert and big believer in Web3, blockchain, NFTs, and more. He is the CEO and co-founder of Nuarca Labs, which is a platform focused on creating NFTs for sports, music, entertainment, you name it. The goal of Nuarca Lab is to create fan engagement through innovative technology. I'm so excited to be able to host the mic with him on the Halftime Snacks. So, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce Todd Cooper. Todd, welcome to the Halftime Snacks, man. Hey, thank you very much, Ronan. It's great to be here and really excited to uh, participate in your program. Yeah, likewise. We always kick it off with a, with a fun icebreaker, you know, to, to, get, to get your tongue rolling. So... Um, So here's the one I prepared for you. Are you an Apple guy or a Microsoft guy? I'm an Apple guy. All right. I, I fully bought into their ecosystem. And I, I just like all the other Apple sheep, I pay them thousands of dollars every year for the privilege of using their technology. <laughs> I'm happy that you said that because I'm also an Apple guy. So uh, good thing we, we share in common. <laughs> Todd, uh, now it's time we, we, we get more serious and, and we, we get to know you more personally. First of all, I want to get you... I want, to, I want to get to know a little bit more about your background. Of course, the, the listeners want to know uh, who Todd Cooper is. So uh, my, my first question for you is when or how exactly did you first got involved? Uh, I know that you, you, you did some sailing for a while. Um, so maybe that was one. But maybe you want to share more context on how exactly you got involved in, in sports and also in technology. Sure. Uh, well, technology is a really easy one. I wrote my first software program in 1979 on a paper-based dumb terminal um, tapped into an acoustic cup modem into ARPNET. And I really, you know, just was so excited by it then and continue to be, you know, ever since. In terms of sports, you know, I, I, I am not a great athlete, um, which is why sailing was perfect for me. Um, and it's a sport that I've, I've competed in uh, my entire life, um, you know, at the, the local, um, the regional, national, international levels. But really, you know, sports in general, I've always been very passionate about. So I played, you know, baseball, soccer, um, or football to you, um, and, and as well as rugby and, and cross country. So I've played, played a lot of sports. I'm really um, very excited by them. Um, and I love being a fan. And I love learning more about them. And But really, even more importantly, I love that connection between the fan and the player and that connection between the fan and those incredible moments that really gets the fan's blood rolling. Yeah, you're from Boston, and I, I, I've read that you're a big uh, uh, Bruins fan, hockey fan. Uh, are you one of those that uh, support all the teams from the same yeah. cities? Uh, you know, I, I think there's, there's all kinds of different uh, reasons to love a team. Um, and, and I've been in Boston now, you know, 25 years. And so it's hard to, to not, you know, fall in love with the teams that are right here. So, so we watch, you know, every Celtics game, um, and we watch, um, you know, most of the Bruins games. And it also helps that I have three boys and they all play various different sports, but in particular, they're into hockey. So it's great to be able to you know, connect with them around sports and see, see the sports through, through their eyes. So 
hockey's big in our house. That's great. That's great. And it's such an interesting career because you spent some time in risk management and finance, 20 years or almost or more, and then transitioned into a very, you know, advanced type of technology that is coming up and that, um, of course, everyone's talking about right now. Um, but what, what I want to like talk with you more specifically, Todd, is of course, blockchain, right? Everyone talks about it. The buzzwords get thrown around very easily. Web3, uh, NFTs. But now that you're involved in, in, in this topic quite often and on a daily basis, and you get to meet new people and, and, and people from all kinds of backgrounds every day, and they ask you, what do you do? How do you explain it very, very simply? Yeah, I mean, so we really help um, uh, fans and brands and so that can be an athlete it could be a musician it could be a sports league it could be a sports team um connect directly with the connect with each other to, in a tighter more closely connected a tighter way with less friction and fewer intermediaries in the middle so essentially there's less value leakage for the creators of of that content whether that's a you know a great moment on the ice or a great moment um, during a rugby Uh, match or whether it's a musician um, sharing some of the backstage access for what they're doing um, and the fan who wants to interact with them. And today there's a lot of leakage in that process, it, particularly if they're pushing it out onto traditional social media platforms where the people who are making money on that, you know, Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg, they probably have enough money right now. And instead it's about trying to reconnect that value back to the creators and, and not let it leak into the, um, the wider world. And let's say we're five years old and we, we need you to explain really the blockchain itself uh, on the most basic, yeah. basic level. How would you explain it to us? Yeah, so I would say the first thing to know is that it's, it's, a, it's a technology. It's not magic pixie dust, right? <laughs> so NFTs and crypto and, um, and blockchain, it's just another technology. And, and it has certain, um, certain attributes that make it extremely good at um, enabling a decentralized understanding of who owns what. And so by tying in that custodial trail to, um, you know, to specific um, uh, pieces of content, to specific artwork, to specific video clips, to specific 3D models or anything along those lines, you know, you're able to um, you know, trust that that digitized piece of work um, has an owner, who that owner is, um, and that person can do with it whatever they want to. So that's probably not a five-year-old level, but hopefully that's uh, somewhat helpful. <laughs> No, you mentioned one keyword that I think it's really, really important for listeners to understand and the why, uh, and that is trust. Everything uh, built on the, on the blockchain is uh, built because in a sense, in a way, society has started to learn that they can't really trust institutions, they can't really trust the government, they can't really trust, trust uh, people that decide what to do with their, their money. So <clears throat> one thing that, as you also mentioned, the blockchain is that one of, one of their advantages is that it, it validates and it checks uh, who owns what and what kinds of like um, validation they get from, from other types of things like What, how much how much crypto you, do you own or how much how many tokens do you have or what types of nfts do you collect those are things that are already verified so you can already trust who you're interacting with whether it's you're buying from them you're selling them something or you just want to have uh you know some type of of more advanced interaction like we've we've seen with uh with DAOs. so i want to get your opinion uh todd on on that specific 
topic uh, reg related to trust and validity do you think we're we're now at the time where it's it's uh, it's it's working but it's also not perfect or do you think that is there but we're, we're behind on getting adopted to it as as a as a product like what are your thoughts around where the technology standing and and then also where we are standing yeah well i mean the technology itself for the most part is kind of at the stage that linux was pre-red hat right so there's no out-of-the-box solution and there's a new and better way of thinking about it on an almost daily basis so you have to be continuously you know refreshing on exactly exactly what it is um, so it's not perfect yet um, but it has incredible promise and i think that the challenge for um, you know many Uh, many programs or, or, or different um, ambitious projects that are out there is to find what is the next natural stepping stone as opposed to just that, you know, very far flung future. So if you can focus on the practical steps to move towards um, execution and to move towards creating value um, in the immediate term, then you can really progress the, um, you know, the ball down the field, right? And you can make great things happen um, along a trajectory. Whereas if you wait until, you know, the entire world coalesces around, say, a perfect metaverse, then, you know, you're who knows how long you're out there. It's important to establish the path itself and take the first steps down that path. Technology is ready for that. Um, the other layer, of course, and that all this is regulation. Uh, regulators are going to come. Um, they're not quite here yet, but they always catch up. It's just a matter of how far behind they are and trying to align yourself with where they're going to be. And then, of course, the other big thing that's going on constantly in this space is the amount of, um, of fraud and high profile losses, um, which really you know, takes people aback. And it's important to also you know, be good actors. You know, as, as somebody who's been in the space now for five years, you know, we are very intentional about how we um, you know, move through the process so that we're not putting our customers and their end customers at risk and really focusing on doing things the right way, keeping um, over our skis so that we're not Um, you know, we're not pushing, we're not pushing into an area that's going to, um, you know, cause a, a further removal of trust in this technology. Yeah, one example that I use um, frequently when I when I have discussions around crypto and about blockchain is that I say that uh, think about it as as an uh, iOS from iPhone, right? When we had iPhone 3G, uh, it was totally different iPhone um, iPhone operative system. Uh, from what we have now and the reason of that is because first of all they build it so that they can fit the needs of the consumer at the beginning but that doesn't mean that's the perfect uh, the perfect product or what what you're going to be using in, in the next you know 10-15 years so it's always going to be improving it's always going to be coming up with uh, you know different features that will improve the user experience and of course allow you know so many other uh, technologies and things to layer on top and work together And I think that what you mentioned with regulation is, is also a very key, important point. You know, how can that fit into a decentralized system that it's just really meant to not be regulated? But of course, as you mentioned, consumer confidence and everything is a big topic. So, of course, of course, it's something that uh, people are scared, but are also excited, which makes it a very interesting, you know, space right. in technology. And of course, sports is a place that um, 
a, a, an industry that mirrors, I always say that sports mirrors society in one of the most fundamental ways. And, and sports also is there uh, with the whole NFTs and, and development of the blockchain. I wonder in your, in your mind, Todd, what does ideal world look like for sports and blockchain? How does that relationship you know, yeah. coexist in the perfect ideal world in your mind, Todd? Yeah. So, so I, th I think, first of all, there's this element of, of excitement that can come from owning a little piece of the action. Um, and then there's, there's also, if you, it's also important to think of this technology as an extension of, of the current digital marketing programs that are out there for all different kinds of sports brands. And, that, and those two things together, those two concepts can create a lot of excitement for the fan and, and help tap into you know, those parts of the brain and those parts of the experience that really drive additional levels of passion. So one of our um, key um, areas of focus is removing all of the technology friction from the equation. And that means that um, the people using our platform never have to understand crypto. They don't have to understand how to set up a wallet, digital wallet for NFTs or for crypto. And they don't have to understand how NFTs work. So those are three key criteria. It's all just about the fun and excitement of connecting with the players, with the league, with the teams, with the sport that they love, and really tying that together, trying to make it for the everyday fan. Now, being in Boston, for me, the everyday fan um, has a, you know, a gear bag in the back of his car. He's got a stick. He's going to the 11 o'clock beer league game. And then he's getting up the next morning. He's going to work. That guy doesn't own crypto, right? That's not where he's at, but he loves the game. He would do anything to meet that front line of the Bruins, you know, Bergeron, Pasternak and Marchand before they retire. Right. So he would loves the game. So you find those ways to make that connection, you know, grab that, that excitement um, and do so in a way that doesn't require um, doesn't require crypto crypto uh, currency, doesn't require deep knowledge of technology, doesn't require you set the MetaMask wallet or anything else. So really putting all of that friction um, at behind this behind the scenes in a way that the fan doesn't have to have to understand, but they can still own and still be part of. Yeah, and and well, it sounds like what you really want to do is to simplify something complex and bring that to the experience of the fan. So I wonder how exactly are you doing that through Noir Labs? Do you want to like talk a little bit more of? Yes, yeah, so we have a, a white label platform, um, and that white label platform is really focused on enabling the brand to very quickly. Um, take various different assets, whether they're video clips or or tickets um, or still photos or 3D models or animations um, or other kind of you know creative NFT treatments, whatever they are, and very quickly bring them into the market through a, um, a, a, a branded portal to their fan base. And so their fans, um, you know, whether they're on their mobile device or on their laptops or tablets, wherever they might be, Um, they have a really compelling interface. They can transact in fiat currencies, you know, whether that's U.S. dollars, Canadian loonies, or, um, or or euros or pounds, whatever it might be. Um, and they're able to, you know, directly buy those NFTs um, and, and experience the, you know, some of the pleasures associated with that. But then we also really work with the brands to think about, you know, why do the fans care? So that includes collection quests that are tied to real-world experiences. So it might be that if you, you know, if you collect, um, you know, all of the players for a team you get a chance to get your photo taken with the team. Or it might be that you get a chance, there's a golden ticket included in every 10,000 packs. And that golden ticket gives you a really VIP experience um, for a game itself. Maybe it's, maybe it's front row seats for the next match. Maybe it's an all paid, if it's a really big one, all paid expense trip for the finals for a tournament. You know, whatever it might be, the thing that really gets the fan rolling on it 
um, and where they can come and they can, they can collect all these different pieces. It also brings the fan back towards the way that they love the sport. So I don't know if you, did you collect baseball cards or soccer cards or football cards as a kid or uh, Panini stick of Brooks, any of that? No, I only have two collectibles and those are a basketball signed by Michael Jordan and one signed by Ronaldo, but not the one that's playing, the one that retired, but that's the only collectibles <laughs> that I have. Yeah, so, so yes, yeah, so, so baseball cards as a kid were huge for me. And so, and when you're collecting these, these cards, you want, you want to build out the set for the team that you love and you learn everything about the players. You know, you're turning them over in your hand and you see their stats and you know what their RBIs were, or you know, how many hits they had or what, what their big seasons were or the seasons were that weren't so great. And in the same way, this is what these, you know, these, these digital NFT collectibles that are focused on the everyday fan can be. So it's part of that, like getting back to that, um, you know, direct, um, direct association. But of course, because it's digital, you have a lot more flexibility, a lot more creativity about what you can do. And there's no playbook on this stuff yet. And that's one of the things that makes it really fun is you can bring in whatever creative energy you want. And there's a way to make that possible for the fan to participate in that action and to have a little piece of that pie. And then you can um, tie it into various different um, games, you know, staking games for tournaments. You could tie it into fantasy sports if you want to. There's sort of an endless uh, array of ways that you can integrate it with a larger worldview and eventually you'll get to the metaverse, right? But that's further down the road. But in the meantime, here's the on-ramp for the everyday fan. This is the moment that this technology that's largely been in an echo chamber makes the leap from that echo chamber into the broader world. And that's what we're really excited about is, is enabling um, you know, brands to, to make that connection with their fans you know, while that leap's happening um, and to participate in that value creation. I know as a fact that you guys are about to announce a very important part partnership with uh, Rugby League World Cup, which is uh, which is huge. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you want to share maybe a little bit more about what that partnership looks like, what the product launch are you guys planning, uh, what are some of the elements that you guys have in mind, types of assets that you're building or types of experiences that you want to deliver to the fans. So share a little bit more with us about what that is and how it looks like. Sure. Yeah. So I'm really excited about the Rugby League World Cup. Uh, this is an event happening in England um, this this coming fall. And there's 32 teams from around the world that are participating. Um, and, and there's really three tournaments happening at one time. There's the men's tournament, the women's tournament and the wheelchair tournament. On the wheelchair tournament, if you've ever seen Murderball, the documentary, then you know what that game is. And it's it's a, it's fantastic. So so it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. You know, there are there are roughly 100 million fans globally for uh, rugby league. Um, really concentrated mostly in, um, um, you know, Asia Pac and Australia, New Zealand, and then also in uh, Northern England and France and in other parts of, of, of Europe. So it's a, uh, it's a big, it's a big sport globally, a hugely passionate fan base. And what we're really excited to do is to give those fans a unique experience that they haven't had before. This is the first time any rugby league um, groups ever done anything of this nature. And so um, with the, the first thing that will happen is that, uh, and because of, just to take one step back, because of COVID, um, they had to push back their tournament by one year. And so they had to refund a lot of tickets. But some fans, the loyal fans, really stuck through it. And they said, no, 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 we don't want the refund. You know, we want to, you know, just go into next year and we'll be there whenever the tournament happens. To reward those fans and to really start activating the full fan base, You know, those fans are going to receive commemorative tickets starting the week of February 10th. 
Um, and so, well, starting this week. <laughs> so, so that's really going to be um, fantastic to get them in, get them signed up, get them thinking about what's there. Um, and then from there, we'll be offering various different um, various different offerings going back in time to the first rugby league world cup in the fifties. Um, all the really great moments that happened, you know, the, 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 the history, the mythology building, the legacy and all of that, um, you know, great, uh, great experience that's there that, that fans have had for, you know, 70 years or so. Um, so it's really, it, it's, it's fun to do. Um, and, and we will, you know, build out, there'll be video highlights. There'll be um, geographic locations. We will do live QR codes for um, commemorative ticket drops during games so that the QR code comes up on the Jumbotron and you can take a photo of that. It's going to come into your wallet automatically. Um, there'll be golden tickets that are giving you access to, um, to different um, events. Um, there will also be quests, collection quests that give you potentially jerseys or discounts or pieces of memorabilia. So it's a, sort of an endless stream of different promotions that are tied into the fan engagement platform um, that really are focused on the rugby league fans, not focused on, on the crypto markets and, and peeling some dollars or ether out of that, but really focused on activating the everyday fan and bringing them closer um, into the game itself. Well, it's had super exciting, Todd. I'm, I'm, I already want to attend the the, the 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 World Cup. It feels like I, I already want to be there. Um, by how you speak about it, and and it's it sounds super exciting. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, what else is up for Noarca Labs? Maybe not this year, but in the next couple of years. So we have um, various different uh, teams and leagues that were um, you know will be in the process of announcing and launching. I would try to, to not talk about them until they're going live um, and really push it out in that way. There's also a number of individual athletes um, helping them both with alignment with, um, you know, say corporate sponsors or alignment with uh, lifestyle brands or alignment with charities that they're trying to push, or even just pushing their own brands out into the market and really taking advantage of the, uh, of owning their own, um, you know, their own name, image, and likeness and pushing that out in a way that's aligned with how they're trying to build their own personal brands. Uh, we're also working with musicians, so you'll see some things coming out from us on uh, on music, um, et cetera. So, so, and one of the things that's um, we've really tapped into is a is a global market. We have offices in Hong Kong and in Cork, Ireland, and Dhaka, Bangladesh, and in Boston. This is part of a legacy of being five years, um, five years of five and a half years now as an operating company in the blockchain space. So we have uh, you know, live production systems in the US and Latin America capital markets, um, as well as in energy. And we're taking that same techno proven technology platform that's been you know, used in highly regulated spaces and pushing it out into the sports and entertainment space with a fantastic interface that's really designed to you know, get fans excited. And by, by leveraging that, that capability, you know, that know-how um, and the proven um, security the proven privacy um, and the proven um, bandwidth and throughput capabilities of the platform that we have, you know, we're able to do so in a way that doesn't create risk for the brand itself um, in terms of damaging the relationship with their customers, um, and and be a very responsible actor in this in this market. The other thing I'll add is is that uh, we're using Polygonmatic for the um, as the blockchain, which means it's very environmentally friendly. So there's been a lot of criticism for NFTs. Um, for using Ethereum and other high energy um, required um, blockchains. But 
Polygon Matic is fantastic. Uh, it's a great standard and it uses 313,000 times less energy and, and less CO2 output than Ethereum. That's great. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's awesome, Todd. Um, it sounds like a super exciting path for you guys, especially because there's, you know, so much, so much going on. And this is a space that changes probably not every month, but every day, everything day, every day, there's something new every day. There's, you know, new opportunities and people, more people are getting involved. So it's an exciting space to be at. And of course, follow it very closely. Todd, it's been fun and, and we've been we've been enjoying this conversation a lot. Have a last, you know, per, probably more personal question for you. Given that you're an Apple guy, uh, I I want to ask you, suppose you could ask Steve Jobs, who re rests in peace right now, but suppose you, you'd have a dinner with him. You only get to ask him one question. What would that question be? <laughs> question would be, uh, who really designed the iPhone? We know that. <laughs> I think we know that Steve Jobs just, you know, looked at a team and said, go make this happen. <laughs> But I like to know the people who are really involved in creating this little piece of, uh, of, of, you know, of technology that the entire world now accepts as, as, as being hypercritical to life. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy learning about the business and technology behind sports, make sure you subscribe to the Sports Tech Biz newsletter. I'll leave the link in the show notes. See you all next week. Bye-bye.